0: And I love how it opens up with, "Hey everyone, we're in a stick situation, aren't we?" Yeah. Well,
1: we're fucked. Here's some
0: movies. We're fucked. Here's that might be the that might be the title for this episode. We're fucked. Yeah. We're fucked. Here's
1: some movies. (laughs) Welcome to a night. Of total terror.
0: <laughs> when was the last time you were scared out of your wits? When you're alone, you can't sleep. When you're walking, When you're down, when you're strained.
1: Come
0: out of the rain, the of the rain. when you no one remembers your name. when you and welcome again to another episode of it came from Queens thank you for sitting down and tuning into the static again this evening my name is Benjamin Falbo, once again uh, interviewing another off the beaten path creative, someone I've, I've been watching for a couple years now. I discovered them through a crossover with, uh, with the Nick Nocturne on Mind several years ago, and ever since then they've become one of the most prolific, visually interesting, diverse creators under the horror YouTuber banner, which, was a, which is a banner that is constantly evolving and changing, but they truly are a diamond in the rough in a community full of clickbait videos and just nonsensical top tens. Not to say that they don't do lists because, oh, sir, yes, they do. And that's what they've been doing recently. <laughs> but let's not let's not waste any uh, let's not waste any time. So without a further ado, uh, my guest this evening, uh, her real name is uh, May McNeil, a.k.a. May Letts. But you may know her as Nick's Fears on YouTube. Thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Hi. Hello, the internet. Uh, hello, I guess. <laughs> I love how you always do that. Hello, the internet. Hello, the internet. <laughs> oh, it's fucking oh incredible. God. Oh, it's incredible. Sorry. So thank you so much for being on. So obviously, I guess the first obvious question to ask is, how are you handling this little apocalypse we're dealing <laughs> the, with? The or? coronavirus? The, oh, yeah. I love it. I'm a big fan of the
1: coronavirus. I, I, I want to know who makes who makes her dresses. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding, I fucking hate it. I'm so <laughs> tired of it. Like, oh my God. Well, so we decided, okay, this is an opportunity. Like everybody's stuck at home. Like, why don't I lose my mind in a very public way? So we'll uh, just start watching really messed up movies uh, until we can't stand it anymore. And that's sort of the the goal. And uh, we finally maybe have made it where if we watch
0: anymore we might die this is how like this is how a true crime starts yeah it is this is how like (laughs) this is how you end up with like those six-part podcasts about like some horribly fucked up situation that last podcast on the left will end up covering right it started
1: (laughs) with somebody watching some disturbing movies and then you know you get into the real stuff and then you just fall down right into the deep web and it's yeah it's not worth it
0: I did take a suggestion from your list recently. I just sat down uh, drunk as a skunk, and I watched Shin Godzilla, and that that was a treat, because Shin Godzilla is fucking
1: incredible. Hell yeah.
0: No, Shin Godzilla was dope, but that'll be one of many topics we discussed today. So as I stated, when you're off the air, um, I wrote down a bucket load of questions for you that I've had on my mind for a while, and I said I wrote a lot of, I I figured we could start with a, a nice, dignified, and professional question, but then I started drinking, and I thought we should just start with a stupid one. So I'm going to start with a stupid one instead. So, uh, okay. considering the, um, considering the marathon amount, just the like terabyte worth of fucked up movies that you've been consuming, not only recently but throughout your entire tenure as a creator on the internet and probably just in your own life, what would be a great product tie-in that would never exist for a truly fucked up movie?
1: Oh my god. Um. Well, I have you seen hostile
0: yes <laughs> so there's
1: that mo- so i okay when i was a kid the the first time i ever remember watching a movie and it making me want to throw up was hostile and i was like 14 i think and i had i it was on hbo we <laughs> we had like basic cable and occasionally they'd give us like a free weekend of hbo and we could just sit down and watch all of it no matter what it was so like <laughs> I watched Hostel not knowing what it was and I'm 14. I had never seen anything nearly that extreme. And about near I guess 10 minutes or so before the end, a woman has her eye kind of pulled out and then uh somebody has to like come in with scissors and and cut the eye off and then after the eye gets cut out it leaks this big oozy green snot fluid uh down her face and uh i i the first time i saw it i ran from the room gagging and i was yeah i was 14 anyway i just feel like you know like gummy worms i i I want some gummy eyes with Uh, the slime inside the green slime like a gusher that's genius, right? Yes, I I think it's good.
0: I buy I buy that I buy that for fourteen ninety five. I do that. Hell yeah, that's something I totally buy. If I was pitching, I would pitch like um, if it was just me, just shooting off the top of my head. I would pitch um, adult diapers like for human centipedes. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's just easy.
1: Oh yeah, that's or like,
0: or like Duralax, but for like the human centipede purpose. Well,
1: so, uh, in my next video, uh, which comes out, like, in a couple of days from when we're recording this. So, uh, in in that one, I talk about the movie Tusk, the Kevin Smith movie, where he turns a guy into a walrus. Of course. And uh, there's, like, a running joke throughout the video where I question how the walrus
0: poops. Like, I always wondered he... that, too.
1: So, surely there's a product tie-in to go with, like... <laughs> Like, a way to make your walrus man poop. You know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I, that's <laughs> fucking incredible. It's a nightmare. I, I, that's a, just a living nightmare. So, my next question, obviously, yeah. is your the style of your channel, even way back to now, the just development across the board, the lighting, the style of the thumbnails, it's all very unique, as I said, even among the horror YouTuber community. Where do you personally take a lot of your visual... And like stylistic influences from
1: oh okay um well so two two things i guess number one was i felt like one thing that i wanted to do on youtube after a while was try to maybe mimic the way that i feel like horror movies look uh because they look very specifically like things can be done in horror movies with like lights and colors that really can't be done with other stuff like So the goal was to try and achieve some of that. So a lot of it is giallo style stuff, like obviously Suspiria, everybody will say, but I think Suspiria is kind of very uncomplicated. Uh, It's just like, here's big blue, here's big red, here's this. So I try to do a whole lot of colors, like a big color palette. And uh, so then I went to college and that's where I kind of started to learn more about how to do stuff like that and now it's kind of one of the big elements of what i do is like designing what i want things to look like um and I, I feel like that separates from a lot of the internet because when i was coming up on youtube basically the goal was to try and do something sort of found footagey or something like that as you're brand or your style or just do voiceover or just do something minimalistic but i was trying to like basically put us in the horror movies when we talk about them like try to transport us actually to be there
0: i assume that's where the skeleton came from
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's where he came from
0: can you give me a little backstory on him i don't think i've ever heard the explanation of like what he is in universe or what he was as like a concept conceptually (laughs)
1: Well so I guess there's a couple with that. Uh, The first is like where he came from I guess like the the truth is always so lame like the the truth of the situation is you know like I was looking for stuff that I wanted to do uh, that I thought would be more creative and interesting for the channel. I found a talking skeleton and I was like Okay, uh, that that's like the true story. But the, the fake story, the in-universe thing is The gonzo like, one. Right, I like to think that I was so lonely for like a couple of years of my life just sitting around and watching fucked up movies that I reanimated a skeleton. It was something that I actually wrote into one of the earlier videos, but I never ended up doing it. But uh, where I was supposed to go like dick him up and power him on- and, and I couldn't do it because it was like too complicated I couldn't get enough people to help me and stuff because uh, I've always been doing this very much like me and maybe one other person maybe if I'm lucky usually just me and so uh, those limitations but yeah so he kind of comes from from that idea and I just assumed, okay, well, he's already alive, so I don't need to show him becoming alive. He's already here, so
0: that's fine. I feel like him just being out of context alive in this narrative makes it funnier, I think. (laughs) How you're just having these dry, sardonic conversations with this thing. It's like, okay, whatever. It's like like this loud, hypertronic voice to it. The first time I saw that, I fucking died. It was incredible. Oh, my God. But actually, the first video of yours that I ever saw was the courage the cowardly dog is fucking awesome video you did many 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 moons ago and that oh my god one of the first ones i saw in addition the one of the one of the original tusk reviews that you did like back in 2014 oh god you had such yeah. ni- nice things to say about that movie nothing but just nice things <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like I've, I've changed a lot as a person over time, too. And I feel like a lot of my, like, very old videos, there's like a harshness that I I just don't, like, agree with anymore. I, I I don't know, maybe I'm too, like, chilled out or too centered or too old or something. But now I'm just kind of like, I'm not really mad at anything anymore. Like, usually, I'm just like, oh, awesome. Like, if something sucks, I'm just like, great right. like <laughs> i don't i don't get angry about movies anymore like very rarely does a movie ever make me like angry so i guess right, that's same. something that's sort of changed over time but yeah oh my god way back when
0: now, the one this, you do mention about your opinions changing has your has your perception of like the deeper themes and style of courage the cowardly dog changed in the past seven odd years or do you still maintain a lot of what you said about courage the cowardly dog
1: oh I mean like I love that show Uh, I loved that show when I was growing up I think the like the cool like isolationist concepts in it uh, are awesome I there was there's like a genuine feel to that show that is like actually very relatable when you're a kid like where you feel like you live on an island and you know, you don't really know a lot of people. It's just your circles are very, very, very small. And like, basically your house is as big as it gets. Um, And then everything outside of that is just kind of like a wasteland. I don't know. I really agree with that from that show. And it's always kind of made me connect to it, I think in a psychological way or something. Anyway.
0: Do you have a personal favorite, like antagonist from Courage that stands out to you? Oh
1: God, Fenton. Taron Teller definitely because I just think it's funny Um, and also that was my first run-in with like movie making actually I think when I was a kid like seeing that and being like what what is this like they film with cameras and like that's how I learned like I didn't know movies were made with like cameras and stuff I had no idea (laughs) and that was like the moment that I learned so I always like I remember that. When I think about directing, I always think of that character from Courage of Carling Dog like being like a total creep because that's basically (laughs) directing is just being a total creep for a really long time. Mm -hmm.
0: To get what you need out of people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically. Oh Oh, my God.
0: Like you mentioned, you do mention your affinity for fucked up cinema. You mentioned your affinity for this genre. So I have to ask where originally you mentioned hostile before, but where does your affinity... horror cinema and subsequently fucked up cinema come from
1: well okay so my first real encounters with like horror other than like cartoons i guess was like i used to stay up really late at night and i'd watch the twilight zone uh and so i would like sneak out of bed and go watch the twilight zone in the living room when everybody was sleeping like very picturesque i know but um so i did that a couple of times and one time when I went to do it, instead of The Twilight Zone, they were playing the movie Halloween, and I hadn't seen it uh, ever. I'm, you know, a kid. Uh, Scared the shit out of me. Just scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was so gnarly. Um, And I guess that's sort of where I became obsessed with it. I started to, like, research a lot of it and a lot of the history and try to, like, learn about diverse like where the stuff comes from so it kind of happened at a pretty young age uh me getting into that stuff but like i think probably i mean i grew up in an era where the most fucked up movie that everybody saw was saw (laughs) movie saw like everybody knew about that movie it was like really it was a big deal and you know it was oh it's so fucked up there's like torture and stuff And then you see it and you're like, well, it was, it wasn't that bad. What else is there? You know? And that's when you start to fall down the rabbit hole of like, what is actually going to shock me? And I feel like, I feel like the gateway kind of opened for me when I saw Cannibal Holocaust, like it kind of broke something in me where I was just like, okay, I,
0: (laughs) I, I am
1: different now because of a movie. That's I am
0: I have I've have seen I have gone through the tunnel and I have come out different than when exactly. I Exactly. No, I I I've 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 experienced a few of those moments with cinema. Everyone has Absolutely. that everyone has that moment. And do you have a personal like gold star standard for fucked up movie like you have in your rotation regularly? Like you know personal go-to? Um on the comedy side of things i
1: always go immediately like greasy strangler or freddie got fingered because i'm just like you know people you, you want to have people over you want to watch something gross and ridiculous especially if like you know you and all your friends are like all very high or drunk uh you know you want to watch something that's really gonna blow their minds so i always go greasy strangler freddie got fingered as like gold star comedy and then if we're talking about like something that's horrible I, I gotta give it to Sallow. I, I watch Sallow regularly, and I don't know what's wrong with me. I've probably seen it, like, six or seven times. And it just it's because it's the one that always scratches that itch. Like, it always makes me go, okay, I've seen a fucked up movie. I can go back to my regular programming. Like, I don't need to uh, <laughs> suffer any longer. Nah, so hey, yeah. it, it just scratches the edge. You know? Sometimes
0: sometimes it's nice to watch something that's in as just a depraved mood as you are. Something that just doesn't. Exactly. No, I can, I can definitely empathize with that. So as far as you, you take this love of horror cinema, fucked up uh, media, you translate that into YouTube. How did YouTube like come about for you? Like when, when, did, when did you like decide to like throw your hat into the like the criticism analysis and like video content game on YouTube?
1: <laughs> well, I, I started doing it before it was really considered much of a game at all. Like, there there were, really weren't a lot of people doing it uh, back when I, like, started. It was very much in its infancy, and analysis was just, like, nowhere. Like, basically, as far as analysis goes, back when I was starting on YouTube, the only things that existed were, like, the Plinket reviews, like, one of them or two of them, and the Nostalgia Critic stuff like that was like pretty much it everything else was kind of casual stuff like you know people sitting on their couch and talking about movies like it wasn't anything really academic or like interesting visually or anything like that it was always very like you know flat here's people talking about movies so I guess I tried to do that for a while and then I just I I feel like I fell into that mostly because I wanted to, I had been wanting to try YouTube for like my whole life up to that point because I had seen a lot of people like me like in high school and whatever college, uh, get famous on YouTube. So like I, the fame was never really what I wanted to do. I just kind of wanted there to be a space where I can just be myself and get paid for that and people like that. So I guess I just sort of fell into it because, like, I i don't know. i It's really actually genuinely difficult to remember why I just started doing it. I think it was snowing outside, and I live in Texas. It never snows, and when it does snow here, we're not prepared, so we just— sit in our house so i think it snowed and then i was like well okay and i started making videos that day and that was just sort of now now i'm here you know crazy but <laughs> i guess that's sort of how i ended up doing this i don't know
0: <laughs> hey everybody has like everybody it, I, I don't give a shit what it is like everyone has that moment where it's like i don't care like how many people like, work their way up in the business and they end up refining their backstory of how they got started to be, like, some eloquent three-page essay about how, like, the muses took them and, like, told them to fucking go paint or edit or whatever. Usually, for most people, it's just, like, I was bored. I was unemployed. I wasn't doing anything. It came out of boredom. I'll happily own that part of my career. It's like, why did you decide to do this? They're expecting something more complicated. I'm like, I pitched it as a joke or, like, I just... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really think I'd get this far. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Like I never expected any of the things that I like do now. I never expected that when I started. I if you would have told me like five years ago where I am now and even who I am now, I would not believe you. Whatsoever. So it's crazy.
0: No, you've been you've been really great at like letting your personality show through the videos. It's one of my favorite reads of yours you did recently. Because one of my favorite movies last year was The Lighthouse. And I love yeah. your interpretation of The Lighthouse because that, that movie is just goddamn incredible. I could watch it 90 times. Yeah. But like the bit, <laughs> I love the bit in the review where you're like, the movie does present itself as you could potentially see this as just one of them going crazy. But then you see Willem Dafoe up in that lighthouse and he's fucking that light. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah he's up there fucking that light well
1: like i think that's like a genuine thing that that <laughs> a lot of people don't put in their reviews like i think people kind of don't have like they try to like separate themselves from their emotional reaction but like it's weird like isn't this weird like this you odd? just try to say what everybody's thinking but nobody wants to say i well, guess is, Defoe so,
0: is just up there fucking they're fucking the light
1: that's that's what he's
0: doing I don't know. No, it's, it's a very blunt. There's a there's a great bluntness to it where I loved how you were yeah. doing your uh 50 movies to watch while you Corona. I loved. That might be the title for this episode. We're fucked. Yes, yeah, we're fucked. Movies.
1: Here's some movies.
0: <laughs>
1: well, especially now that like we're getting into like Slaughtered Vomit Dolls and like August Underground and like we're watching those like really not great ones. Have like, you even, have really... you got have
0: you gotten to uh, Black Devil Doll from Hell yet?
1: No, not yet.
0: Oh, that's. Oh, that's such, it's shot on Shittyo trash. It's t- it's Hell t- yes. It's it's about, uh, have you heard of it?
1: No, I haven't heard
0: of it. It's about, it's a shot on Shittyo movie about a like religious woman who buys like some kind of black ventriloquist dummy and like this black mm. ventriloquist dummy. No, but she, but like, and it, it turns out it's alive and they start boning and like no oh. man, and no man can satisfy her better than this ventriloquist dummy. Oh my god! Have you seriously never heard of this movie? No, it sounds excellent. It's it's Avril,
1: super- Black yeah. Devil Doll from Hell. Put it on the watch list. I am oh no. I gosh. am. Not, I'm
0: not just. I'm not just bullshitting this out my butthole. This movie is real. Yeah. No. This. This is a thing. Oh my um, God! I ima- need to know. Wow. Imagine, imagine like a level of like Kathy Curse level absurdity, but like half the oh. no, like a quarter of the budget. A quarter Hell of the yeah. budget. A, a quarter of the budget. It's terrible. Yeah. It is one of the oh worst. God. You're googling it right now, aren't you? <laughs>
1: no i'm writing it down so i don't forget um it, it goes, it's,
0: it's one of those movies that goes under a few titles it's either that or just black devil doll but if you google it you'll you'll immediately find it and like the quality is like unmistakable it's literally shot on on like retrograde vhs <laughs> it's okay. terrible yeah. it is so bad oh Hell my. yeah but <laughs> all right okay got it's on that the watch one. list <laughs> fantastic all right so we, we've gotten that out of the way but one of the things that is important to note is that in addition to your critical work, you also do make some really stellar short films And several years ago, you put out a short film called black mass, which Oh my God. Yeah. Gained <laughs> us a good amount of attention that I, I watched that a couple times because it's honestly really, really friggin phenomenal. And I'm going to put a link oh, to wow. that underneath the eventual URL for this uh, episode. Cool. But it's, if you haven't watched it, it's, First of all, no relation to the Johnny Depp movie of the same name. No no, no relation to that. That is a that is a, that is a, a a true fiction biopic about Whitey Bulger with Johnny Depp in it and Yours is a short film about it's about a lot of things honestly. From my perspective, it is a film about accepting yourself for like your good qualities. It's about like finding value within yourself. It's about not worshiping any one thing but worshiping yourself. If I've I've interpreted correctly. Treating
1: yourself as, like, the center of your value. Like, um, I don't know. That, um, that was my thesis film in college. So that was my, like, final film, and I showed it. It was my first time, like, ever going out as myself, too, uh, because I'm, like, transgender, and, like, it's a movie about a transgender person, and... So it's kind of like, I don't know. It was like a very significant moment for me. And I feel like the movie is just directly like shot for shot, some shit that was going on inside me at any given moment. And I just feel like, like I was in a unique position to kind of document that. Uh, and I went through absolute hell <laughs> to make it. <laughs> absolute Hell, it was like the worst. Oh, it was the worst Why, year t- of my life, it was but, so bad.
0: But, mate, tell us more. How was it a living hell?
1: Okay, so, uh, so first off, um, all the professors where I was going to school were very mad at me <laughs> for uh, doing something that was like about. Trans people, like first off they were like super against that and they were super against the fact that I was doing this like really shocking horror film and I was trying to do something like that. And so they were very, very against me. And basically they tried to get me expelled to stop the movie from being made. And I circumvented that and like had to go talk to like university lawyers. It was like a crazy thing. To stop so them from the expelling fuck? me. What the fuck? And then after they tried to expel me, they tried to arrest me. I kid you not. They tried to arrest what me. Shut the fuck up. Are you no? Because I opened a closet door, uh, and they said I wasn't allowed to open the closet door. And I was, I was like, robbing them or something. So they, they tried to get me arrested. And then, like, I ended up like. Completely like they threatened to take away my graduation like it was a whole thing and then at the end of it like i still made the fucking movie at the end of it i still made the fucking movie i didn't get arrested i didn't get expelled and i did graduate so like at the end of the day i don't know i don't know how it happened but it it worked out in the end
0: nice. but it was so
1: bad they they were like really and then in between that you know i'm shooting this like monstrosity of a movie. And we built the sets for basically everything except for the the outdoor stuff. So we physically built all the interiors, like the because we were trying to shoot in a church, but we couldn't get that. So we basically had to kind of makeshift one, and so all the like interior hell imagery was all sets that we built. So uh, we had to get a soundstage and build all those sets, and then we spent about 17 to 18 hours a day shooting for like five days something like that and then it was done and what we got
0: we got (laughs) I don't know it was uh do you feel positively about it looking back on it with like the hindsight of like three years I
1: feel positively about having done it I I think that it was like it was kind of like a test for my my spirit or something like you know like i was able to uh to overcome and actually like make it oh yeah that so that's that's for, austin for He's those who the, for, uh,
0: for those who listen to the audio version I've, i'm showing her about uh, i'm about uh five minutes 20 seconds into the short film and we're currently at a scene in a field and there's a uh a cultish uh looking fellow with a uh, classic kind of devil mask on introducing himself currently the costumes yeah. in this are incredible by the way. I love the dude in like the left hand side back row with like this very elaborate mask on this, is, no, this yeah, is visually baller. this is incredible.
1: those guys are crazy they they just showed up like they <laughs> they heard we were doing this and they just showed up. And um, also, none of the nudity in the film was intended. Like, they just showed up. Like, <laughs> it was four in the morning, and this was just happening. And we had to wrangle these people. And basically, like, they were taking it as an opportunity to kind of have a little party. So they were like, you know, they had their own bonfire set up, and they were, like, drinking and, like, doing all kinds of craziness.
0: Reb, rebel, and, rebel, ob, rebel, 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 Abra Satanus.
1: Yeah, and, and we had to like, hey, everybody who's over there, can you come over here and <laughs> stand over here, please? <laughs> can you move your head slightly? You know, uh, <laughs> ridiculous.
0: That is, that's superb. Like, what was the – a lot of people – For a lot of people, the editing process can usually be nightmarish. What was the editing process, like the post-production on this like,
1: It was 100% me. All me. I colored it. I edited it. I did all the animation work. I did the sound production. I did everything. Uh, And it took about two or three months of work just about every day uh, to get it right. The color specifically, because a lot of it is like, so in shadow and we shot this on the uh, Sony a7S. Uh, so we were shooting everything in extreme low light. Uh, again, none of the nudity in the film was intended. They just showed up. So like this actress uh, who we ended up casting, like who, like they just showed up like that. I mean, we had the like Baphomet stuff, like, cause somebody was going to be playing that role but uh like we replaced them with that person because that person was so enthusiastic about it um that's a built set like obviously it looks kind of built but um i like how it goes from like a, a dark void into so i don't know i'm talking about the movie a lot but <laughs> it's a lot of information about the movie i guess
0: i i feel like it i feel like this film is kind of important to I feel like this movie specifically comes at a point for, you know, ver in terms of crea- creativity style and in terms of your actual life, I feel this is no pun intended here, a real transition for you. And a if would I be wrong in inter- interpreting it that way? Oh, it absolutely
1: is. Like I think I think this was my like coming out video before coming out. Like this pretty much was it. And and I just like I don't know. I ended up having to just like sit down and literally just say it, but you know, like, Oh, that's my mom's house. That's not my mom, but that is a woman that I cast to look like my mom. Don't tell my mom. Anyway,
0: <laughs> does your mom know this exists?
1: She, uh, she helped with it a little bit. So yes, Okay. She okay.
0: That's yeah. excellent. Love you. Give the, I yeah. love how you give the old preacher, like, like the, uh, like the weird Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. <laughs> I think that's a good touch. Yeah. And I love the, oh, I love the visuals on this, by the way. We're basically just doing like a small, like a small isolated commentary track for this. But if you haven't seen, this will be what we'll end on. If you don't, if you haven't seen uh, this section on, but if you haven't seen Black Mass, check it out. It's on YouTube right now. It's on the Nick year's YouTube page, but definitely check this out. Do you have any other ideas for uh, short films coming down the pipeline or have you stepped away from that? Well, I haven't stepped away from it. It's
1: just something that I've kind of, um, I don't know. It's, it's become more difficult because I moved and I don't really have a lot of people that I work with here. But I'm looking into moving sort of back where I was living before. So maybe I can get back in contact with some of those people. I don't know. I've thought about it. But um, I have a feature. I've written a couple of features in my life. But I don't like them. Uh, I have one that I kind of like but uh, it's, it's sort of this idea about somebody going into a cave and then they um, it's like a hallucinatory experience so th- there's like this like drug that like grows in the pollen in this cave and if you step into it it's kind of like an LSD experience and uh, she sees her her dead sister as the moon in the sky and it follows her around uh and like i don't know it's supposed to be this whole hellish thing um but yeah no that's something that i have kind of written and i want to do it but um one day
0: hey yeah, hey money nah, you know as as the as as, as money gra- and crew and stuff as, as greater men have said, never say never on that note. So yeah, never say never to any possibilities, true. but I have to ask, so you obviously, a lot of you have a lot of um, themes, visuals, the iconography of Satanism within your work pops up quite frequently. Well, do you have a personal favorite interpretation of hell in media? Oh, um, that's a
1: tough one. Uh, I, Hellraiser kind of has like a really because like I like how it's hallucinatory I don't know like I I okay this isn't to like out myself as some sort of like psychedelic person but um because I'm not really but I like the idea of people reaching different states of human consciousness I don't know so I like hell experiences when they seem very hallucinatory instead of just being like straight up you know a burning, like a bur- I don't know a I don't... Place. yeah 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 you know what I mean like I like them in the in the pure metaphorical sense um I, I I think that hell is like reliving certain moments of your life like I think that's hell you know in my mind so like
0: I don't know I like it when it's meaningful um, my, not my, just... my, my favorite version of hell is actually I don't think anybody has ever like called this hell but my favorite interpretation of what hell would be for me personally is it's an episode of black mirror where it's the Christmas episode and a dude is stuck in some kind of simulation and he has to be forced (laughs) to listen to the same song on loop for the rest of eternity. Oh my God. And no matter how many times he smashes the radio, how many times he smashes the radio, the song just keeps going. (laughs) That would be my personal hell, especially if it was a song song that I really fucking hated. Now that that'd be held oh my to God. me. That would be held to that's, me. I...
1: <laughs> that's like advertising.
0: <laughs> that is,
1: that's a Spotify ad. Yeah, that's a Spotify ad. We anyway. Just...
0: <laughs> we we noticed that you're you that you're experiencing an eternity of damnation, but we have a moment to tell you about Wix.com. <laughs> Good job.
1: You can really that... take over your life with Squarespace.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you, have you went to send, you got to send correspondence to the world of the living. How's it about stamps.com, bitch? Oh my God. <laughs> Terrible. Horrible human Yikes. beings. Anyway, the, that actually does, talking about music, that does segue into another aspect of your creative portfolio. Obviously music is another passion of yours. Per your Bandcamp account, it said your filmmaking experience has influenced your music. Can you speak to that a little bit more?
1: Oh yeah. Um <clears throat> So when I say my filmmaking influenced my music, I guess like I've always played music, like I've played music since I was a kid, but um, like learning about places and like the way that different places sound and like learning what you can do with sound um, beyond just sort of the, I guess like base level, So like environmental sound being used in music I think is really interesting. And I think uh, film scores are also like a place where I get a lot of like inspiration for a lot of my stuff, so
0: yeah. Any particular film scores stand out to you as being like iconic?
1: I love literally all of John Carpenter's scores, but um, Escape from New York is my favorite that's my one. And I think it shows in my music. A lot of my music sounds like Escape from New York.
0: It's so uh, it no like if you're going to hey, if you're going to if you're going to lift inspiration, lift inspiration from like people that are like actually good, like that should obviously be where your information comes from. If you want to check out uh one of May's songs, I'll also link well the one I just listened to and I, I did a deep dive on your content mm-hmm. for this video and I specifically listened to Never Call Me Again that you just put out on Mm -hmm. your uh, Bandcamp page. And if you haven't listened to it, I listened to uh, I Don't Love You Anymore as a part of the Never Call Me Again album. And I think it's uh, it's a a stellar track. If you love sort of, if you love kind of weird LSD style songs by way of like 1980s Carpenter tracks, like you'll really dig this. I think this is where I'll splice in like a little 15 to 20 second snippet. (laughs) song so if you've uh if you you haven't heard it definitely check that out as far as your as far as your music where do you see that going do you have any like bigger plans to expand that going forward i mean i would like to
1: like actually get physical media like that's something i've been wanting for a long time because i have a lot of music and i have a lot of records uh and i mean the newest one never call me again is like it, over a year of work like just just on these tracks like um and I've I've had like just like so many people listen to it and comb through it and tell me what's changed and like how to like you know so you end up wanting it like it's kind of like your baby and you want to hold it in your hands you know what I mean so like I want to hold my record you know <laughs> really badly so that's something that's in my future like probably I would love to hold my record and then I can sell it, but I have to hold it first.
0: Oh, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good benchmark. Um, but that's a good benchmark to have in terms of like yeah. creative goals. But there is like a to tangent into something else. Uh, rather recently, especially with, uh, I feel with horror cinema as of in the past ten years or so, especially with the advent of streaming. I feel as though it's become a lot, a lot more fucked up horror media has become infinitely more accessible than just depending on mainstream theatrical releases. What do you feel, what do you think is a really, what do you think is a really good example of a horror film that has gotten great exposure from VOD Netflix streaming style release, but hasn't, that wouldn't have normally gotten it through conventional means such as the theater?
1: so um i think uh i mean there's a lot of remasters that i feel like people are watching but also like there's a movie that just came out called Antrim, which i haven't seen yet but it's like it's supposedly kind of fucked up and weird and uh, a lot of people are talking about it right now and it just out of nowhere didn't know it existed and it's been around for like I don't know like 15 years or something they've been working on it and apparently a lot of people that were involved with it died it was like cursed or something uh so a lot of people are watching it now and are talking about it now and and I don't know it it didn't get a theatrical release and I didn't see any articles or anything about it like I didn't know it existed whatsoever and I know a lot of stuff about like horror stuff so kind of surprises me that I wouldn't know about it at all. Um, so that that's like a recent example, but I mean like You know cannibal holocaust is like on youtube like it's on like youtube you can just watch it
0: So oh, so so we can't we can't do any we can't have like conventional swearing or Positive political discourse on youtube, but somebody can post an entire unedited film of Which a movie that contains the following things animal abuse Mutilation, yeah. death via wooden pike.
1: Yeah, and Sexual it's all very salt. convincing. Oh yeah, just oh. straight up rape over and over and over, just
0: right, oh, right. there on YouTube, no problem. Yeah. Right. YouTube, YouTube, kids approved, everybody, everybody. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Actually, that is, speaking of like the current trajectory of horror, as someone who's digested a lot of this genre, what do you think is a trope? This is a two-part question what do you think is a trope that has been in horror for way too long that you feel needs to go away? And on the flip side of that, on the other end, what's a trope that you think could stand to come back slash, like, introduce itself?
1: So, well, one one of the big things right now is I, I think we're still trying to figure out what to do with cell phones and the internet. Like, I still don't think we've figured out exactly how to to manage that with storytelling because like every good story relies on like somebody needing something and not being able to get it or some kind of drama like that, you know, like somebody needing help, but can't call, you know, or something like that, there being some problem. But, uh, the way we've tried to like, Oh no, I don't have service in these woods. Like, you know, stuff like that, as opposed to, you know, like, I don't know, like, actually tangible dramatic reasons why somebody would not use their phone to call for help, I guess. I don't know, but that doesn't make sense. Like how do you even do that? So I think that's a trope that we we're like still figuring
0: out. You get the, you get the, you get the unfriended movies that are like, Oh no, our G chat is possessed. Yeah. Close close out the goddamn call.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like there, there's so much, Uh, about the internet that... Well, the other thing is, like, the internet's always changing. Zoom wasn't even a thing, like... A year year ago. ago. I don't think. I don't know. Right. So, well, and then you think back at things like, okay, well, like, fear.com. Like, you know, early internet kind of horror movie, and the internet looks completely different. It operates completely different. It's just, like, it's hard to do horror movies on the internet because the internet is so rapidly changing that you you're like you're always making a historical document every time you do it it's like all the time yeah every time it's a nightmare i I have
0: i have a script right now that i have to like think logically about how i'm presenting the internet and then think about the timeline for it i'm like god damn it wouldn't it would this have existed at this time it's difficult
1: Well, I think that's why a lot of people make movies, uh, horror films set in the eighties right now. Like they don't have cell phones. It's so easy. You don't have to
0: deal with it. It's such an easy plot device to work with. So on the flip side of that, what's a trope that you think could stand to come back and or like introduce itself into the canon?
1: Hmm. I want to see more like Southern horror again. I don't know. It's not really specifically a trope, but like, you know, there's like so many Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff movies, but like, I miss that. It's been a while since we've had something like a, like, you know, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff kind of thing. Like, I, I like those weird Southern hillbilly horror movie things. Like I think those are fun. And uh, we had a reemergence of that in like the 2000s, but
0: you that had like way. house. You had House of a Thousand Corpses pop up, and that was a that was like a, a legit like rockabilly style like right. redneck movie. But we didn't really get a ton. The only thing else I can think of is maybe like the Last House on the like the no the um the Hills Have Eyes reboot. That's the yeah, only yeah, other thing. Yeah. I maybe the Wrong Way movies, maybe. But, oh yeah,
1: yeah, sort of. But,
0: but then 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 those just went on for so long. They just got insane.
1: Right, exactly. Like,
0: seven of those goddamn movies.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting genre that we should maybe try again. I don't know. No, I'm just biased, because I love the South, and I live in the South, and, like, it's weird to love the South, and... Uh, be me, but I do. I, I, gonna I like ask, it here. I was um, gonna ask that <laughs> yeah, I was like, I like it I, here.
0: No, it was like again, not to not not to sound like weird, not to put any weird connotations out there, but it's like okay. just to, just to shoot straight as shit right now. Like looking at you, the kind of woman you are, and the kind of shit that you promote, create, and put out into the universe. Like oh, good old Texas. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I really don't
1: scream Texas. I guess. Hey, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But here well, I am.
0: That, no, yeah. that's that, that's weirdly beautiful to me. Quite honestly, it's goddamn. <laughs> that's goddamn incredible. So another thing I gotta say is your recent. all oh, I, I think this is the banner term everyone's been using during this period. But your recent Corona content has been, in my opinion, exemplary. As you no it's just i if you guys haven't seen them there's not a video on your channel that like uh it's hard for me to recommend everybody like that if they're looking to dive into your content it's hard to find that first one i think they should start with but quite recently i think that your recent videos like they're forming like a loose trilogy right now but like like the the series i should say the videos yeah. you put out 50 movies to distract you from the corona movies no one should ever watch under any circumstances the upside down smiley face and cursed movies to panic watch to panic watch skull emoji are all are all are all just a litmus test just a perfect like test of what your content is and like can yeah. be going forward i love how the 50 movies i love how you just say from jump straight Fair warning, not all these movies are technically good, but that's not the point. They're supposed to distract you. Right, exactly. You put Diary of a Mad Black Woman. They did. (laughs) Which is such a baller move in my opinion. I love how the first fucking thing you say is, tyler perry is one of the greatest filmmakers ever (laughs) can you speak to that a little bit more by the way i want to see you just because you only you only touched upon that for like 30 seconds so please regale me with how you can justify tyler perry as a true auteur oh tyler
1: perry (laughs) is is a genius um (laughs) (laughs) dear god elaborate um no so like i genuinely think that he makes these like (laughs) they're they're almost like exploitation movies um yeah i can see that it's it's wild how like they have their own internal rules and like things that they do that are crazy like like you can you can easily read into him like you could any filmmaker like you know people uh auteur theory right they would read into like hitchcock and be like is he gay because here's five reasons why hitchcock might be gay because of these things like auteur theory you know um it's kind of the same thing with tyler perry where he's like does does he see himself as like some kind of savior or is he does he think he's a genius or a family man does he hate the gays like why does he hate like darker skinned black people like what's his problem with them like what's the deal with that so you can just like read into his movies endlessly and have so much fun just asking yourself like what 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 is he trying to say like why would he do this (laughs) i don't know i i find him infinitely interesting i think adam it's like you know you can read into like the absolutely bizarre choices and ask yourself what that means for like the person that
0: would do this i guess is what (laughs) i mean no that is yeah. that is honestly i i, I can't I, I can't agree more that's that's how i honestly feel about it as well <laughs> it's fucking incredible oh yeah no but uh one of the other uh, notable things about your title about your uh, presentation of your channel is just how weird your titles will be on your videos and a good example <laughs> of that was about about a year and change ago i believe you did you did a video where you regaled us with the story of like you the story you told at the top of the show about discovering halloween for the first time you told that story in your review of the Halloween uh, series. But you also, you chose to uh, lovingly title that video, and let me make sure I can read this here so I don't take this out of turn here. Uh, local trans, talk about the movie where he do a stab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna maybe well, uh, just, <laughs> you,
1: you know what it all comes from? It, it, it's- Tell me, justify this. I'm, <laughs> it's boredom it's boredom it's like you know what did I'm we so just sick fucking of... talk about what exactly. did we just i'm talk so about? sick and tired of i'm so sick and tired of reading the title like halloween movie review like you know it's just like what the fuck like i have no interest in clicking on that like do you know like so i try to come up with titles that people look at and and immediately kind of go what like like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> like, and then I think that that's a better introduction to my channel and my, like, personality than anything. So, like, I got a lot of views on my video about the, the recent Child's Play movie because I called it, I saw the new Chunky movie. And everybody <laughs> came in to correct me and uh, to, like, asterisk Chucky, not Chunky <laughs> in the comments, and it was so funny. I won't, I just was having so much fun that week, like just laughing at comments.
0: Oh my god! But and, like, oh beautiful. Yeah. And of love. course, you, no, that's chunky. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> Thank you. You have other great titles, such as you have other great titles, such as a one that is near and dear to my heart because I grew up with this. Yu Gi Oh sucks, and I love it. A video essay. <laughs> Additionally, yeah. we have we have uh, well, this <laughs> we have. Um, Oh shit! Wait, that was that was a good one that you did. That fucking really oh, put like pop, like pop me big wrestling style, like Midsummer and why you should probably join a cult. Hell <laughs> but, yeah! And I immediately like uh, you spoke to a lot of what I felt about uh, Midsummer, honestly, about its like weirdly like emotionally affirming lesson about like finding like community Community. and solidarity in this weird environment well yeah
1: like you can't get out of like a bad scenario all by yourself so like it's so funny how like it's it's like ironic that this place would end up being like this woman's like ammunition to get rid of her <laughs> shitty boyfriend it's
0: great. back on episode two i had um i had a local new york city improv artist comedian uh, her name's stephanie satile i had her on the show and we just saw midsummer like three days before we recorded oh and, god and literally we just described our our, um, our initial reaction like the millisecond the movie ended just kind of when that movie ends it kind of leaves you in a trance for like 30 seconds of just uninterrupted brain fuck <laughs> which is a good thing i'm not i'm not saying that as a slight i'm saying that is a good thing about the movie that's why i love midsummer but we just had we just had this moment where we just kind of looked at each other and we were like oh she she, oh she she lives there now (laughs) it's good it's good good great good for her (laughs) what what the fuck was that no but i I love that midsummer is ari aster to me is one of those guys who's like on the like on like the rise to be one of the great directors currently making stuff like uh, i'm excited for whatever that dude has coming down the pipeline next because ari aster just makes really weird but really specifically inclined movies that i really like
1: they're very personally driven i think that that's what makes them so very good like it they they come from like this delicate place it it seems like they're very well-intentioned i don't know but um I really like Hereditary. I've been wanting to watch Hereditary again during the, you know, the whole, the, the big <laughs> we're all at home thing. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it again a couple of times maybe. Uh, I, I just really like it and I feel like I never get a chance to really sit down and appreciate it. Like I feel like I saw it in theater and I saw it again, saw it on Blu-ray. Okay, I've seen it a couple of times. I've got a good grasp of it. But, like, the the really intricate things about it and, like, how I feel about all the characters and, like, how they all interact. I feel like I still haven't really grasped that. Like, I haven't absorbed it. No, no, no. There's you gotta just a watch, lot to it's, it.
0: It applies. That applies well to Hereditary and that applies well to Midsummer. I feel like. Absolutely. Especially with Hereditary. There's a lot of hidden stuff in there that you don't catch the first time for example a weird smiling naked man in the third act who pops up in the house which is goddamn terrifying in the theater uh you see him at the funeral at the beginning of the movie you just see he's the he's the creepy blonde one smiling at charlie at the funeral and i i didn't catch that the first time through also like let me tell you me and my buddy got like out of this world stoned when we saw that movie mm-hmm. and when it gets to that scene where they're driving through that desert and they head towards that pole and what happens and that her head comes flying off it was one of the oh, first God. times like in like five years watching horror films with my friend who's a gray rock of emotion when it comes to movies i audibly heard him gasp in a horror in a movie theater <laughs> and i was just like "What in the?"
1: yeah nobody was ready
0: no nobody one was ready. was ready nobody was ready for that it was incredible and i was like oh god by the end of that movie i was just like oh god where is this gonna go from here and it just it just keeps notching like 10 percent, like every 20 minutes god hereditary oh, yeah kick. god hereditary kicked ass <laughs> it,
1: it really does it's really good
0: who are some yeah. other Who are some other directors that you feel like really making a name for themselves currently in the genre? Well, uh,
1: we we mentioned The Lighthouse. I really really like Robert Eggers a lot. I I like um, I just watched a Gerald's Game again
0: for for the Mike like, second Flanagan, or third time. Mike Flanagan is my fucking dude right now, man. Love Mike Flanagan, yeah. Because Haunting of Hill House is one of the few things I watched recently that actually scared me. Like, yeah, actually- it's really good. And like Oculus was such a gem, and I still feel like mm-hmm. not enough people put it over the way they should because Oculus is is perfect. Yeah, it, uh, it's, damn, Yeah, I just, really like Mike Flanagan a lot. He just makes really great stuff. Like I, I feel like I, I, something I'm kind of happy to see kind of going away. I've like I think that the last few. Notches of it are finally starting to dissipate, but I'm happy we're finally done with the big clown thing. I think that that's finally. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've taken that as far as we go, especially because I'm, I'm one of those inhuman monsters that does not like the movie Terrifier. Oh, okay, that's like, fine. I I also so I <laughs> how do you wrote a I, video? How, how do you feel about Terrifier? Because I've lots well, of people that despise it, but I know people that will like defend that movie with pitchforks. So what do you think? Well. So, I,
1: yeah, I, I wrote this video, but I, I didn't make the video, um, but I wrote it, I've got the script one day, maybe. Uh, it's called Clown Discourse. And it's just all the clown movies of the last like, couple of years, and it's just all of them. So like, I, I talk about Joker, I talk about like the Harley Quinn movie, I talk about Terrifier and It Chapter Two, and like all the clown movies. And I'm just like, thank God, we can be done with the clown things. Um, but anyway, terrifying. Um, it was. I thought it was really interesting at first. I thought it was really interesting at first. I thought that there's that diner scene, which is like fucking awesome.
0: No, that that sets it starts off strong. Like I loved, I loved the unease yeah. of the first act.
1: That was. Good. I think that the problem is that it just becomes exactly what you expect. Like, he's just a, he's just a murder clown, you know? And it's like, I feel like, I feel like you got that choice where you can either make him just a murder clown or, and try to do the best, just a murder clown ever, or you try to do something like more interesting with it. And you know, no.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) So we got just a murder clown,
0: just a murder clown. I'm fine with a murder clown, but I expected so much more but i've heard hey they they bankrolled like so much money for that sequel on kickstarter so like so like a criminal amount of money for that so like here's hoping that they pull out something more interesting on that one so as far so let's start like bringing this one down to a close because i have a couple more things i want to ask you okay i did mention your i mentioned your corona content recently which has been banger by the way and right what do you now that you have recently uh if you go to your youtube channel you recently just put out uh cursed movies to panic watch and you followed that up with a full album release of uh never call me again so now that those are both in the rear reviews what what's uh, what's next on the what's next on the agenda for Nick Spears? Well, so the next
1: one is in editing right now, and I've got about half of it done. Um, it's going to be called "Movies Too Gross for Human Retinas" and then a sick face. <laughs> um, and then I have this idea for a video about Uzumaki. Yeah, so I'm thinking about that. And then uh, I'm thinking about doing this series called like Three Nightmares where I just talk about three weird movies while doing my makeup. I don't know, it's, it's in there somewhere, it might happen. But uh, those are like my three big things right now. But um, the, the album officially comes out like for sale in three days, I
0: think but I mean, it might be w- on spotify already i will double check if your Bandcamp page lists the release of never call me again your brand new album for uh, may 15th so i believe this friday yeah
1: so okay, definitely check cool. that
0: out as well check out never call me again because it, it's uh if you listen to the track i don't love you anymore like i said before it's a it's a really dope track so check that i will probably use that to send this video out or whatever like oh, yeah, i'll, cool. I'll play, a, play a little snippy of that but yeah, no, that's a good one. So as far as like things to wrap this up on, like what do you feel, uh, this is a good question to final end on. What do you see as like the true future of the like horror genre? Do you think, do you feel that a lot of people as of late have said that the real horror is not even in movies anymore. It's in video games. Like a lot of people have been putting their like time and effort and money into like horror video games, which absolutely have their merit. A lot of people have been returning to horror novels and horror novellas obviously music is an avenue i've seen several like long form serialized horror podcasts what do you feel horror's future as far as like media and content distribution truly lies and do you feel like things like netflix and hulu things like that are sustainable
1: um i think they are but i don't <clears throat> i don't know i think i think it's hard to say with the world changing so rapidly especially with like the virus and stuff but You know, I I had this idea like a couple weeks ago. I was like, I should just like grab my camera and just start shooting a movie. Just like go outside and just start shooting a movie. Like, I don't know, whatever it is. And that impulse, I I realized, I, I bet a lot of people are feeling that impulse right now. I bet we're gonna get a lot of really personal like movies about people being stuck at home in the next while. Like I have a feeling there's going to be a whole lot of that because that's what people are going to be relating to the most. So I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if there were a lot more like shot on video, like handheld, like at home movies as well. Just people making stuff while they're bored, just making stuff while they're hanging out in their house. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like that's like a genre of movie that i feel like should come back like these weird creepy like home movie-esque like dogma 95 movies so maybe we'll get some of that that would be cool
0: we could get Um, another we could get another black devil doll from hell
1: yeah there you go yeah just I, weird
0: movies people are making at their house dude it's so no it's it, it's a life-changing piece of shit but you will you will Fuck you yeah. will th- you will thank me in the long run so that basically brings us down to the end of another one thank you guys so much for tuning in and this has been a big uh, notch off my bucket list and i just want to say thank you so much for being on the show with me and shooting the shit and i did warn you a lot of these would be stupid but hopefully you still uh, you still enjoyed yourself Oh, no, it was fun. I hardly ever get to talk
1: about like my channel, really, and a lot of the things that I do. So it's exciting to talk about it. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here.
0: Absolutely happy to have you here. So obviously, people can subscribe to you at uh, Nick's Fears on YouTube. That is NYX uh, Fears, like uh, F-E-A-R-S. That's Nick's Fears on YouTube. You can check her out there. As far as your music that's on your band camp, is there any other avenues or any other social media outlets you want to plug while you're here? Um, I, I'm
1: here and there active on Twitter. Sometimes I'll be on Twitter. Sometimes I'm not. So, uh, I'm just at Nick Spheres on Twitter. That's pretty much it.
0: All right. And as yeah. far as like, you did mention the, uh, movies too disturbing for your retinas coming out fairly oh, yeah. soon. That's in the edits and that'll be in the render queue soon. So I'm very much looking forward to that. If you haven't seen... Her latest videos, like I said, 50 movies to distract you from the corona, movies no one should ever watch in any circumstances, and curse movies to panic watch, also, definitely check out her video Hell House LLC, which is some is some quality nonsense. Because speaking of someone who just uh, powered through all those movies in about two days, Hell House LLC is indeed some quality some nonsense. Quality
1: nonsense, yeah, it's good. I, I just
0: did. I did a short review of that. That's available on the uh, on the audio feed right now. So definitely check out my my quick review of Hell House LLC. It's so goddamn cool. fun. Check that yeah. out as well. So. Thank you once again for being on the show. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of It Came From Queens. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Falbo underscore Benjamin on Twitter. That is F-A-L-B-O underscore B-E-N-J-M-I-N. That is at Falbo underscore Benjamin on Twitter. And you can follow the official It Came From Queens Facebook page on Facebook at I-F-C-Q-P-O-D on Facebook. That is It Came From Queens Pod on Facebook. Follow me there. Reminding you guys once again, thanks for tuning in and reminding you to stay inside, stay safe, wash your goddamn hands, and reminding you to stay weird. Thank you again. This is Benjamin Falbo signing off.